Hey folks, welcome to the State Tech Show. This is Matt Hunsaker. Today we talk about a troubling development. The District of Columbia appears poised to expand its False Claims Act to tax claims. I know last week I promised you that this week was going to be a very special episode, but that's actually going to be pushed back another week. Not that this episode won't be special, but it won't be the special episode. A bunch of you have been asking why I haven't done a show recently on all of this telecommuting stuff related to COVID-19 and what looks like just kind of a general shift in work patterns. There are a lot of tax issues coming out of that, which you are all aware of, and I have wanted to talk about that, but the reason why I haven't is that I'm collaborating with the rest of my SALT team here at the firm to do a webinar on the subject. This is a little bit of late notice, but that webinar is actually going to happen on December 8th, which is the day after this recording. Uh, details and invites are in the show notes if you are able to make it, but if you can't make it, don't worry about it. I'm pretty sure that we are going to be putting a recording of the webinar up on our firm website so you can peruse that at your leisure. I've got a quick topic this week, the DC False Claims Act. For those of you who are unfamiliar with false claims acts, they basically allow private citizens to bring claims for damages on behalf of the state. It's often referred to as a key TAM action. Some states have allowed private citizens, or more accurately, an army of plaintiff's lawyers, to use these false claims acts to sue companies for unpaid taxes on behalf of the state, often with treble damages for the unpaid taxes. For the last, I don't know, decade or so, it's kind of been a cottage industry of sorts and a real pain in the neck in states like Illinois and New York. You guys know I don't usually take strong positions on this show, because my clients and you guys all have different positions on issues, so I just try to present the balanced facts. But I think just about everyone can get on board with the fact that allowing tax claims under the False Claims Acts is egregiously bad public policy. It allows private parties essentially to take over administration and interpretation of the law from the tax agency. And frankly, it's just really unfair to taxpayers. Well, DC doesn't seem to think that it's bad tax policy. Their False Claims Act has been modeled after the Federal False Claims Act, which excludes tax claims. But last week, they voted 12 to 1 to expand the False Claims Act to allow KETAM actions for district taxes. Now, do you guys want the good news or the bad news first? I always like the bad news first, so that's what we'll do. The law is going to allow treble damages and citizens' awards of up to 30% of the damages. 
And that really is a perfect recipe for shakedowns by plaintiff lawyers who can assert big-time damages because of the treble component and then settle for much less and still get their big check. The other issue, as I read the law, is that it allows for claims to go back 10 years, which by my math is seven years prior to the year that the statute closes on tax matters. And it looks like that 10-year period may not be prospective, meaning that as soon as the law goes into effect, D.C. taxpayers may suddenly have exposure for some very old tax years. That's the bad news, at least at 30,000 feet. Here's the good news. If the legislation does pass, and it's looking like it's going to pass because it is veto-proof, now the mayor does seem less enthused about it, at least that's the vibe I'm getting, but in any event, it's veto-proof. So if it does pass, whether by signature of the mayor or a veto override, there's an outside chance that the U.S. Congress, in its role overseeing the district, may step in and negate the law. But don't keep your fingers crossed on that happening. The other bit of good news is that the law does not apply to certain smaller taxpayers, essentially those with less than $1 million of district income or sales. And also the claim that's being asserted has to exceed $350,000. So some small fish are taken out of the pond. There are some procedural issues that you might be interested in if procedure is your thing. A lot of this, though, is just really window dressing to make it look like it isn't quite as bad for taxpayers as we're making it out to be. There are some protections against allowing the district's chief financial officer from producing tax information or information that could lead to tax information that violates federal law. The D.C. Attorney General has to consult with the district's chief financial officer about the complaint, which would allow the D.C. Attorney General to intervene. And if that happens, the amount of damages that the private party gets goes down a bit. Also, you can't bring a suit based on transactions that are subject to an existing investigation, and I'm quoting here, investigation, audit, examination, ruling, agreement, or administrative or enforcement activity by the district's chief financial officer. Now, the key word there is existing, and I think that there is some chance that the law could be read to only apply to those current types of investigatory or collection actions, but not to those that have been closed. So presumably a KETAM action could be brought for a period that has already been audited if that audit is closed and is not currently being pursued. So there you have it, the good and the bad of the DC False Claims Act. We'll see if it passes and when it becomes effective. If you have any questions about KETAM actions in general, feel free to reach out. I, I'm happy to go into greater depth about how to defend against these, or better yet, how to protect yourselves from them. If you want a show like that, just let me know, and uh, I'll get it in the queue. Well, that's it. I'll be back next Monday, hopefully with that special treat that I've long been promising. 
But until then, have yourselves a great week. The State Tax Show podcast is produced by Baker and Hostetler, LLP, and is for informational purposes only. It is intended to inform our clients and other friends of the firm about current legal developments of general interest. Issues discussed should not be construed as legal advice, and listeners should not act upon the information contained in this podcast without professional counsel. In some jurisdictions, this podcast may constitute attorney advertising. The hiring of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Please visit BakerLaw.com for more information about our practices and experience.